Hello and welcome to the Keep Going Podcast with Bishop S.Y. Younger. We invite you to share and subscribe. Be sure to follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Psalm 61, verse 1 through verse 8. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. For thou, O God, has heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. That will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever. That I may daily perform my vows and all of God's people said amen you can be seated in the presence of the Lord says hear my cry O God attend unto my prayer and from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I I just want to speak to you uh, for a few moments from the topic how do you deal with the pressure? Really? <laughs> I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that response from that topic. But how do you deal with the pressure? See, pressure is when weight is applied to something or someone. Pressure is a part of what we call in manufacturing quality control. See, pressure shows what you're really made out of. What kind of leader you are in your family, in ministry, in the marketplace is determined by your ability to handle pressure. Leadership is not neat. It's messy. Pressure is necessary. If it wasn't for pressure, the procrastinator would never get anything done. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Pressure is a motivator or a deterrent. It either will push you forward or make you run backwards. Pressure in itself is not bad, but it's all about how you deal with it. If this is your message you need, look at somebody tell them this one is for me. So how do you deal with pressure? Well, number one, you did the right notes allow others to come beside you let someone in this is not a, this is not a competition let someone in now a lot of times we go to people for counsel the, the, the complicated thing about giving people counsel is oftentimes they don't bring all the information to the table so my counsel to you, unless by the Holy Spirit, will not be sufficient 
because I'm trying to diagnose you without you telling me all of your symptoms. Mm. Let others come beside you. In other words, draw from others' wisdom because I found out that if I can draw from your wisdom, maybe that will save me some of my own experiences. You know, experiences are, is the best teacher, but it's a hard teacher. Some things you have to go through, but you don't have to go through everything. This is what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, it says this simply, two are better than one. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, let somebody else in. See, ministers, those who carry the gospel, which that's all of us, are likened unto oxen. If you, if you read the scripture on Peggy, when it talks about even taking care of those who carry the gospel, it says, don't cover up the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. In other words, don't make the ox work and he don't get to ever eat. So in other words, we who are leaders, we who carry our families, we who lead others, we who pour into others and encourage us to others, we are considered oxen. In other words, oxen are beasts of burden. They are agricultural animals. But in scripture, you will notice that when it's a large field to plow, the oxen are not mandated to plow it alone. It's called a yoke of oxen. In other words, they put two together and yoke them together. And they can accomplish more together than they can by themselves. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I know you're strong. And tell them, I know you got answers, but you must let someone else in. I know, I know what you're saying. Bishop, it's hard for me to let people in because I've been hurt before. I've been hurt before. And guess what? I have, I have too. It's, uh, many of us have trust issues. Trust issues that's connected to past traumas. And what trauma is, it's still affecting you even though the threat is not there anymore. To the point, I heard David Wilford said this one time, and I'll never forget it, and it helped me unpack my own anxiety. He was saying that his wife was in an accident with someone else, and now when she rides with him, she is afraid when he's driving, although he's never showed her malice in the way he drives the vehicle. But because of how someone else handled her in the past, she's now fearful to let him drive her. And how many of us are coming into new places, but we're still being affected by old trauma? Tell your neighbor, you will get hurt again. Tell somebody, you will get hurt again. But if you always try to save yourself from hurt, you will always as well keep yourself from help. Let someone else in. Because if you're going to deal with this pressure, you can't plow it by yourself. Right? And then this is what you need to do. Number two, reevaluate your load. When you start feeling yourself overwhelmed with pressure, reevaluate your, your load. Something happened when we were leaving 
um, one of the airports, I'm kind of a little turned around now, but they came out and said that they were willing to give some vouchers to some individuals who were not willing to fly today, who were willing not to fly. They said, we will pay you not to get on the plane because this plane cannot take off with too much weight. So we must be willing to lose some money just to save the lives of the people on the plane. Whew, my, some of you are so focused on losing money that you're losing your life. You got so much pressure on you because you've taken on more than you've been assigned to take on. You've taken on more people. You've taken on more responsibilities. You've taken on more hours, more shifts. And you said, because I got to make this money. I got to get this bag. And at the same time, while you get in the bag, you're losing your marriage. You're losing your children. You're losing your relationship with God. Tell somebody to reevaluate your load. Anytime it's starting to be too heavy, you must consider that there are more things that you've taken on than God has actually given you. Yeah. Hallelujah. This is what I'm learning more and more as I travel in this season. To pack light. Because check bags cost. If I pack light, when I get to my destination and if I got to carry, in other words, I'm only taking what I can carry. Because when I get to my destination, if they lose my bag, I still got everything with me that I need. Tell your neighbor, in this season, pack light. Y'all didn't say it in this section. Look at somebody, tell them, in this season, pack light. Don't you call me later after you didn't carry more than what you've been assigned to. I already told you. Pack light even if it's your family pack light you need to look at these credit cards and say no 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 I'm packing light in this season I paid it off oh my y'all not saying that to me here I'm packing light in the sea I'm not carrying the wet of additional debt because of this consumer demon that tells me I got to have everything I saw pack light because I want to be prepared when God bring the price down on the house I've been looking at I got the credit that lines it ain't a devil because it's bad credit it means no discipline pack light if I come off a little angry, it's just jet lag. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says this. Wherefore seeing, we're compassed with a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, we're surrounded by people who want us to make it. Seen and unseen. Even in the heavenly realm, there's somebody who's pulling for you. There's somebody that wants you to make it. Everybody is not jealous of you. There's somebody hoping you make it because if you make it, it will communicate something to their faith. So because of this, I know you said that's a lot of pressure, but because of this, lay aside every weight and sin, everything that's weighing you down may not be sin, but it can be a distraction. Lay down every weight and every sin that has the potential to easily throw you off. Can easily 
throw you off. And then with everything in you, run. But you can't run when you got a whole bunch of stuff on you. How are you dealing with pressure? So this is what I tell you how to, how to deal with pressure. Number three, release. I hope you all online help write these points down. Release yourself from unrealistic expectations. Release yourself from it. You know why some of us won't start? Because we're afraid of failing. And let me tell you something. Failure is a manifestation of your human experience. You're afraid of something that's going to inevitably happen at some point in your life. And sometimes God will allow us to experience some failures early on where there's less collateral damage than if you would fail at a later time in your life. So sometimes failure in certain seasons of your life is an expression of the love of God. He'll let you fail in obscurity. He'll let you make a mess behind the scenes. Y'all not standing in here. I'm glad I found it out before I came out the dressing room. Oh my God. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor it didn't feel like God, but it was the love of God. It was embarrassing. It was shameful, but I can celebrate the fact this is the smallest I ever be. And so God let me let it happen now. I'm glad I found out some stuff about me that needed to be straightened out. I'm so glad I found out that there were some ways about me that I needed to be delivered from. It didn't feel good when it happened. It didn't feel good when it surfaced, but I thank God, hallelujah, that it happened the way it happened. At that moment, I, did, I couldn't say that, but now looking back, I can declare it was good for me that I was afflicted even when it was a self-infliction. Even when it was self-inflicted, because I realized that my biggest enemy was me. And the quicker I learned that, the faster I could recover from it. It's hard to get people to recover when they don't know they need to be recovered. So release yourself from unrealistic expectations. You cannot be and have not been called to be everything to everybody. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, do your part, then move on. Tell them one more time, say, do your part, then move on. See, the challenge with us is we feel like all parts are our part. One man soweth, another man watereth, and God gives the increase. One man soweth, another man watereth, then God gives the increase. But we feel like we got to do all the sowing and then we got to run over here and do all the watering and then we even want to take God's place and give the increase. But I want to declare to you there's only one God and you are not him. Serve what's in front of you then move on. I love you but you can only stay at my house for two weeks. No, no, don't get comfortable. 
when I get up in the morning, you need to already be up. This is not a hotel. You're not paying. No, and I don't want your money because I don't want you to think that gives you a place. Amen. Hallelujah. When I get up, you need to already be up. And when I walk in, give up the TV remote control. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Don't just wash your dish. Wash yours and mine. Can I, can I get $50? I really need $50. Can just loan it to me. Just, no, I'm not going to have 50. Take it, take it. No, uh, I'm not, no, because I'm at a season of my life. I'm not, I'm not giving anybody something that I can't afford to give them. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no, really. No, so I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to loan it to you. I'm not a financial institution because if, if, if we're going to loan it to you, then there's an interest that must be applied to it. I'm going to give it to you and you keep it, do whatever you want to do with it. So if you ever come back to me, I'm going to say, you remember that $50 I gave you? I told you you didn't have to give it back. So since you still got it, you should still have it if you, if you, if you replenished it. So just take it from the $50 that I gave you the first time. Now it's not, I'm not being mean. I'm not being cruel. I love you too much and I don't want to rob you of your relationship and your experience with God. You will never walk out on faith if I become your resource and your rescue every time. Bishop, pray for me. I'm just under all of this pressure. I'm just under all this pressure. I got my family, my family, and then my siblings, then my parents. And then, hold on, hold on. I'm giving you the message today. Shh. Release yourself from those unrealistic expectations. Don't let people yoke you to be something to them that they would never even attempt to be to you. Stop breaking your necks for these friendships that's costing you more than you ever receive. Hallelujah. I'm talking about these friendships of obligation. And instead of doing it out of love, you have to do it out of obligation. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, how you dealing with that pressure? Now, let me tell you another way to deal with, with pressure. I want you to hear me. This is another point. I don't even know what number I'm on. Number four, okay. Look at the person and tell them, rest. Oftentimes... The lack of rest is a tool of the enemy that he uses to leave us vulnerable in battle. It causes you to be emotional, irritable, and, there, and when that happens, there's no demon to cast out. <laughs> you know, rest. Learn how to get in a space and cut your phone off rest because that's a tool that the enemy can use it's not the enemy but it's a tool the enemy uses to leave us vulnerable and now we're cracking under pressure we should be standing in how can you have so much power with God and know all of those scriptures and you're so sensitive easily offended and always ready to break under the pressure some moments some remedies for some of your challenges mean you just need to go home after work Cut the phone off and rest and rest. 
and rest and rest and let me tell you something it's just like Sabbath it's got to be determined and declared I said it's got to be determined and declared it's not enough for you just to know it but you have to declare it to the people around you no Monday I'm not going to be available you have to schedule something for you because when you don't schedule time for you something in you gonna get cut off it's a bill that gotta be paid and if it's not paid something in you is not gonna flow properly you got to know when to unplug and rest mm. rest rest and when you and when you when you lock it in don't let anybody's emergency pull you out of it and I just want to say this everybody's emergency cannot be your emergency mm. they make toxic decisions and they enjoy their toxicity didn't want to hear your wisdom or your counsel but when it flips on them they expect you to drop everything just all right uh -huh. mm -hmm. tell somebody this is your turn rest all right mm. if you if you really want to deal with pressure you've got to learn how to cry <laughs> there's an art to crying now I ain't talking about these crocodile tears I got a message coming out called crocodile tears some of y'all get pulled in by people's crocodile tears and you don't realize that the water that's coming out of the eyes of the crocodile is not because he's sad it's because he's lubricating his vision so he can see his prey and some of you are being pulled in when their anger didn't get your attention when their jealousy didn't get your attention then they start using sympathy pull it on your heartstrings tell your neighbor that's the spirit of manipulation the spirit of manipulation is when they do you wrong and make you feel guilty for it the spirit of manipulation is when they are upset with you because you won't allow them to use you any longer. Mm. But cry. Tears are a pressure releaser. And this is what some of you need to know. Tears don't compromise your faith. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. No, no. Just because you're not crying don't mean you're good. And the challenge with some of us, especially men, is not that we don't cry, it's that oftentimes we cry at a register that other people can't hear. Tears don't mean you're weak. If you don't believe me, now some of y'all know how you all are. Tears don't mean you're weak. As a matter of fact, if we get in a fight, and if I start crying, you need to get scared. I'm like, y'all better tell him get away from me because if you say one more thing, why are you crying? Because I'm about to flip. 
I'm about to go off. I'm getting ready to go to another plane and I'm going to forget what I did and what I said. Tell your neighbor, tears don't mean you're weak. Be willing to cry. It takes a strong person to cry. I'm going to tell you why. Because tears mean you can still feel. And some people, the reason why they never get a chance to cry is because they've tried to protect themselves from feeling because feeling is costly. It costs you something to feel. That's why some of us are like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care what people say about me, I don't care if they don't like me, I don't care. See, you, you, you sound like you're strong, but the truth is, you are afraid. You are scared to death. You don't want to let anybody in. You don't want to care because caring means you have the potential of being disappointed again. But the mere fact that I can cry because of what you did to me means I'm still human and I'm still in touch with my humanity. That means I got a heart that God can still use. Because God can't use a heart and heart. He's attracted to a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Hallelujah. I need you to tell your neighbor what they did to you is not a reflection of you. Because they mishandle you, that's not a reflection of you. And because you still love them, that's not bad. That's not weakness. I know other people around you say, I would never speak to them again. I can't believe, no, no. Everybody other than you, you know, everybody outside of you would always divorce their spouse. Always walk away from every friendship. Always walk away from a job. But guess what? They can give you that advice because they don't have an investment. But David's heart for God the Bible says he, he was a man after God's own heart. And one reason why we, he knew he was a man after God's own heart, because although he was consistently under the threat of Saul trying to kill him, even when Saul died, he grieved his enemy's death. Uh-oh. He grieved the person that hurt him. That means no matter what was done to him, he kept his heartstrings attached to God. I'm going to move on. Cry and serve. Cry and fight. Crying is complicated. You don't want to feel it, but tears are necessary. Go ahead and get it out because if, if you don't if you don't deal with the pressure properly, it's going to come out in other ways. Sin oftentimes are a coping mechanism to pressure. Some of us have looked back over our lives and said, what was I thinking about? Where was my mind? Tell somebody I was coping, I was coping. I was medicating myself. 
there were some things that were done to me I didn't want to deal with. There were some things that I did I didn't want to deal with. I wanted to compartmentalize all of my shortcomings because I was afraid of what it would look like when I stepped back from it and I saw that there was a pattern to my toxicity and my dysfunction. And so instead of dealing with it, which is a hard thing, from a sober place, I just kept medicating. Hallelujah. I just kept sinning because the sin was numbing me from having to deal with my reality. So whatever you got to do, talk about it. Whatever you got to do, cry about it because I'd rather you cry now so you don't have to cry later. I'd rather you deal with it now so you won't have to deal with it later. I would rather you have the hard conversations now so you can conquer it once and for all and you never have to deal with it again in your future. Somebody shall cut the head off of it. Go ahead and grieve it now. Go ahead and grieve it now. Let it die now. Let it die now. Grieve it now. Stop dragging around dead bodies. Stop dragging around dead situations. Stop resurrecting stuff just so you'll be affirmed by your own hurt and pain. Well, let me wrap it up. Pressure can turn into stress. And stress is a silent killer. And the reason why it's a silent killer? Because stress makes you silent. Let me tell you. I want to tell all the sisters in this room that's married. When he gets silent and he starts shutting down, it doesn't mean you won. I know, I know this is not the kind of message you're like, hey man, go ahead. Husbands, just because she's quiet don't mean you've won. It's called conquering. And once you conquer your spouse, that means they have started to disconnect without you even realizing it. Once you conquer your spouse, they get silent. They get tired of dealing with all of the antics and the complications and the pressure and the contradictions and the stand that you set for them, but you don't set it for yourself. And it's got to be your way. And it, is, you can't get your way. You manipulate and you bring up old stuff and keep on playing it back into each other's face. Once they shut down, this is why seven years later, they'll look at you and say, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, what are you talking about? We're in a good place. And you don't realize they clocked out once you conquered them. If one of y'all win, both of you lose. Oh, y'all better praise him because God just saved somebody's future. How? Open up. If you're going to deal, if you're going to deal with pressure, open up and actually pray. Actually pray. There's a Baptist hymn that says this, what a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry what? Everything to God in prayer. But this is the next part of that verse that blows my mind. Oh, what peace. Peace. 
we often forfeit. Now, Oterio, now answer me this question. How do you forfeit a basketball game? You don't show up. A forfeit occurs when a player doesn't show up to the game. You forfeit your peace when you don't show up in prayer. You can't expect to win when you don't pray. You can't say it don't work when you don't even cut it on. Said in Psalm 61, he said, this is a prayer. Hear my cry, oh God. Hallelujah. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock and so scholars have been trying to figure out when David wrote this psalm what situation was he dealing with it could have been a multiplicity of situations because consider this David had to deal with a lot of pressure he had to prove himself to his brothers that's pressure I'm speaking to somebody here today you got to face a giant and everybody standing back waiting for you to fail that's pressure playing for Saul and then dodging his javelins working in a company under a supervisor who's looking for a reason to fire you that's pressure helping someone that's trying to kill you is pressure married to someone who doesn't respect you I'm talking about David's story. That's, a, that's pressure. Being hurt by your own children. David will tell you, that's pressure. Lead me to the rock. So when I was reading this, I started thinking about what rock could David have been talking about. And, and Cornelius, I don't know if you remember, when we were on that trip in Israel, they took us to where they found the Quorum Scrolls and Masada, not far from the Dead Sea, and there were mountains with ridges and rocks, and there were goats walking up on the rocks. They call it, they call it the caves of the wild goats, and to this day, goats are still there climbing the rocks. And they're called, the, their openings in those rocks is called the, the caves of Engedi. And the Bible says that when David was running from his enemy, he went up into the caves of Engedi. Sharp rocks, rocky terrain. Yeah. Hallelujah. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me. Get me to a place where I can catch my breath. Get me to a place that gives me a visual advantage against the enemy. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he'll take you to a place where your enemy can see you but can't touch you. Oh my God. David said I got to deal with my Absalom but take me to the rock. He says I got to deal with Saul but take me to the rock to deal with the Philistines but take me to the rock look at your neighbors and neighbor I got a revelation y'all didn't say it like you got a revelation said oh neighbor 
I got a revelation that the rock is not a what, but the rock is a who. The rock is Jesus. He's a rock in the weary land and a shelter in the time of storm. He says, I'm dealing, dealing with pressure that's trying to make me lose my mind. Is there anybody in this room in this last season you've carried so much weight that it made you feel though you were going to break under the pressure. Is there anybody in here that you had so much on your mind you felt your mind slipping but God told me to tell you if you run to me I'll be a fortress. If you run to me I'll be a strong tower. He said in Psalm 27 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh they stumbled yes they did push your neighbor and said they stumbled and they fell the world should rise against me my heart should not fear and in this will I be confident one thing one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell of the Lord the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble he he shall hide me look at your neighbor and say neighbor he hid me from the pressure he hid from the terror he hid me from the warfare God I love you and I'm not trying to abandon my assignment but I need a break from the pressure well then David said I know what I'll do to get through this I used to smoke weed to get through it Jack Daniel huh, to get to it huh? but David says this time huh, I'm gonna deal huh, with my pressure differently huh? put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder huh, and said this time huh, I'm going to deal with it differently huh? in times past huh, I didn't deal with it right huh? I tried to get even huh? in times past huh, I was fussing and cussing huh? in times past huh, I would find a bed somewhere huh, to lay with somebody not my spouse but David said this time it's gonna be different how how David are you going to deal with this pressure David said I got the remedy for the pressure I got the antidote for the pressure 
praises and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear them. Some of y'all missed the lesson. Maybe I was screaming too loud. Some of y'all missed the lesson. If you're going to deal with your pressure, you have to be intentional in praising God. No, no, you got to be intentional. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You can't wait to feel it. You got to praise him until the feeling come back. Have you, have your leg ever fell asleep? You don't sit there and say, oh, my leg fell asleep. Oh, Harry, I'm, I'm hoping hurry up and come back. My leg fell asleep. Oh, my, oh, come on, leg. No, no, no. The feeling will never come back in your leg by you looking at it. Although it's painful. Have anybody ever had to afflict the part of your body just to get the feeling back in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna give you a chance because, see, when people talk about our Pentecostal experience, they say stuff like in the seminaries that it's just hyper emotional and that we utilize lighting and music to conjure up emotions. And there's no real substance to it. And then they use scriptures like what Apostle Paul says, bodily exercise profited little. First of all, a a proper exegetical approach to that scripture will allude to you that when Apostle Paul is talking about bodily exercise, from the Greek he's talking about bodily exercise. The, the Greco-Hellenistic culture, as you will see in ancient art, was all about the illumination of the physical physique of men. They were uh, Olympians, always in competition. And so he was saying, that profits little. Right? But when it comes to our worship, and what they say about our worship, that it is emotional, it, that is not all false. It is emotional. Because don't forget, the God we serve is an emotional God. He laughs. He gets angry. He grieves. So when we worship God, that's an expression of the dichotomy of our essence. Magnifying God. Now, therapists have now come in later years and said, 
dealing with stress and pressure we will charge you to come into this room that's padded and allow you to scream as loud as you can because that style of therapy is cathartic in other words take your a bat a, a sponge bat and beat something with it it's cathartic go somewhere and just shout it's cathartic well the ancient scriptures had already given us what what was a secret to the world was already information given to the saints when he says if you're facing something clap your hands all you people and shout unto God listen listen what he's saying listen what he's saying you're facing insurmountable pressure he says clap your hands and shout you'll see the battle strategy all through scripture second chronicles chapter 20 he told him to make noise start praising me and I'll conquer your enemies with Gideon he said, start breaking pitchers and blowing trumpets. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And he said, so if you're facing a lot of pressure, he says, clap your hands. But then he says, shout. But he says, not any kind of shout. Shout with the voice of victory. In other words, before you even see victory, to it as though you've already got the victory. Somebody open up your mouth and release. Come on, this is your therapy. If you're watching at home, open up your mouth. This is your therapy. If you don't shout, you may lose it. If you shout, you'll gain everything. Hey! I already got the victory. I'm coming in this with the victory. I said I'm coming into this with the victory. You hear me, Elena? I'm coming in this with victory. Two are better than one. Tell somebody you got to let somebody in. I want you to run over to somebody right now and just put your hand on their shoulder because you got to let somebody in. Let, let them in. Now, everybody may not be in the same place, so you don't have to lie. And the, and the strong can bear the infirmities of the weak. But if you've been under some pressure lately, just tell them, I've been under some pressure. Come on. Now, if, if you feel comfortable, will you just share with them one thing that's been weighing on you? Just, just share one thing that's been, some of you is financial, some of you it's school, it's ministry, it's I'm pregnant. Come on. <laughs> pressure against my, you, amen. Hallelujah. 
I'm coming alongside you today. That first shout was for me. But there's a harvest that's connected to this. So I got to help you plow this field. Oh. Come on, tell them you better not give up. Tell them you're too important to the story. Tell them I know it gets hard sometimes. Tell them I know you're strong for everybody else. But tell them, but today I'm going to be strong for you. Shout! Shout for their children. Shout for their health. Shout for their future. Shout for their destiny. Shout for their education. Shout for their finances. Shout. It's lifting. It's lifting. It's lifting. The pressure. The pressure is lifting. The, oh, the pressure is lifting. The pressure is lifting. The pressure is lifting. The pressure, the pressure is lifting. You're not going to break under it. You're not going to break under it. You're not going to break under it. The pressure. Everyone stand, I'm going to dismiss. Some of you privately and secretly been crushed, been feeling crushed under the pressure. But it's sending the word down, you're telling them it's lifting, it's lifting. Oh. I pray the Lord's peace over you. Now may the grace of our Lord and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest on you and rule over you and abide with you henceforth. I said the pressure is lifting. Hey, there's no temptation. There's no trial. That is common to man that God hasn't given you a way to escape. Tell your neighbor you're not going to break under it. Tell him you're not going to die in it. The pressure is lifting. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Turn your pressure into Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We pray something was said to encourage you to keep going. Make sure that you share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. And whatever you do, keep going.